Welcome on into the two three podcast. I'm Cam. That is Zach. Very special episode today. Joining us today is the owner of the Vintage Syracuse Basketball Instagram account, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us. I know we've been talking about this for a little while now, and we've been uh, talking about having you on and everything like that. So definitely a privilege to have you on and everything like that. It's I, I know speaking from my own fandom, what you do is is really important to the community. I appreciate that. It's uh, something that I'm very passionate about. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. You know, started off as a kid just loving the program, loving Syracuse basketball, and it just carried over into being an adult. So I wanted to ask you, like, you kind of gave us like a, a, a brief rundown and everything, but, you know, Syracuse is in your family. You live it. You breathe it every day. Like, for you, what was, I guess, the team that really, like, set you off that you really really clicked with and that just kind of immediately jump-started like your your fandom i'm gonna go back and say the 87 team i was five years old living in illinois my dad got transferred out there for his job and they played indiana all of his buddies were indiana fans um so i was five years old crying in my living room after they lost but that was probably the team that started the love you know Ronnie Cycli, Derek Coleman. It was just a great, great team. That that probably started it off. That's awesome. And just for anyone who doesn't know, just can you give a, a brief rundown on who you are, your account, and just uh, your connection to the team in general? Yeah, so there's no real connection connection. I'm not affiliated with Syracuse University. I don't try to be affiliated with Syracuse University. Um you know, my name's Matt Govendo. I've been doing the vintage underscore Syracuse underscore basketball for uh, about two years now uh, on Instagram. And it just really just started off with just posting a couple things and tagging a few of my buddies who, you know, uh, were players or managers at the time uh, that they were there. And them just sharing it and it just grew and grew and grew. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't, think i'm we're doing amazing by we only have 2400 followers but hey you know you got to get tread somewhere no you have some crazy followers i I saw you like jay billis has followed you the other day and like (laughs) so many like previous players and alumni follow you obviously that's you have quite the roster of followers yeah so growing up around the program uh as i told you i had uh i had an uncle who's uh, i have an uncle who used to be a coach for a while um and i know most of those guys and interacted with them and had dinner with them. So that's probably the coolest part too, is interacting with like some of the older players. Did you personally ever play basketball or were you a coach or anything like that? No, I, I played basketball um, just around the way, you know, I never played for school. My school had 3000 kids in it. So you know, being five foot nine, you got to be really good in order to play, you know, at one of the local high schools. But no, I mean, I played, I played, I'll play to, to this day. I, I, I still play, but I, I'm not that good. I was never that good. I tell everybody I peaked in seventh grade. <laughs> um, I, I'm not a coach, just love the game. And, I, you know, more importantly, I love Syracuse basketball. For you, what is... Syracuse basketball to you you know as a person who's been around the the program for so long how would you describe Syracuse basketball it's Syracuse area's professional team 
we don't have an NBA team. We don't have a major league baseball team. And baseball is the other thing that I love. I love baseball. Um, my kids play, so it's fun watching them. But that's our that's our thing, man. And going to the dome and watching games on TV. That's our that's our that's our pro team. So Zach and I have been talking about having you on for a while, and like I had said, you know, having. Somebody with your background and somebody with, with your knowledge in Syracuse basketball, I know is this, what you do for the community, like I said, is extremely important. And uh, again, speaking from somebody who's part of the community, like definitely thank you for, for what you do. It's all about history. It's kind of like, I feel like a teacher at school. Like everyone <laughs> thanks you. I'm like, oh, I appreciate it. Like you you were saying like the people that follow, it's crazy. Like Jay Bill has just started following me a couple weeks ago, which is awesome. When I saw it, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Jay Billis, you know, it's insane. No, that is wild. Can you just talk about like why Q's history is so important to you and why you think it's good to share it with all these people on your account? I love the whole modern like Q's men's basketball, like on Instagram, the actual, you know, from the team, they share all their stuff. You know, rarely, rarely do they share past stuff. Rarely. Now, I was like, hey, we got to preserve our history. And wouldn't it be cool if we had, wouldn't it be cool if we had all of our stuff laid out on a page and share it from time to time? I wish they did it. Now, they are starting to do it if you haven't, if you haven't noticed, and, um, which is good. They should. But also, they should have it from a fan's perspective, and they don't have to be monitored and stuff like that either. I want to take you through just all the games that you've seen that you've been to through the years. What games really stand out to you, either that you've been to or that you've seen just through the years that you think, man, that was, you know, that was one of the most important games or one of the best games I've ever seen? Great question. Uh, the first Duke game was huge. Absolutely amazing. Um, you couldn't even walk to go to the bathroom. There's so many people there. Mm-hmm. You're you're walking like this, waddling through the hallways. Um, that was a great game. The Villanova game, I think it was 2010, when we were when we were ranked like number four, and then that win solidified us to be number one. That was a huge game. Both those games were record breakers. Many Georgetown games stand out to me. The first one, um, I think we were down like 14 to nothing. And then we clawed back with our own, like, then then it was tied at 14. So, like, they scored 14, 15 points. We scored 14, 15 points. And then it was, like, a dogfight. And we ended up winning the game, which was awesome. So, that those are probably my, uh, my, top, my top three games, I would say. Do you have, like, any favorite memories of just going to the Dome over the years and just being with, you know, the Q's faithful? Yeah, so... Actually, one of my one of my favorite memories stands out, and you probably guys are gonna be like, "How is that?" It is awesome. So, John Thompson, I was a ball boy, and I was in the back where the locker rooms are, and John Thompson walks through, and I'm like, "Oh my God, it's John Thompson!" And he's with his girlfriend. It was like, or his wife. I'm not really sure. Nice. I, I had a program in my hand. I go, Coach can I have your autograph? And his wife or, you know, automatically says, 
no, Georgetown just lost, by the way. So don't, they weren't in a good mood. So she says, nah, baby, we're trying to leave. We're trying to leave. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm 12 years old. What do I know? You know what I mean? So he walks to the end of, end of the hallway to go out the security door. He opens the door. If you're ever in the back, like, they, he opens the door. She goes out. He turns back to me and goes like this. Waves That's me cute. over. Signs my thing. And I'm, I'm freaking, I'm like, it's Georgetown too, but it's John Thompson. And, you know, as a 10, 12-year-old and John Thompson's 6'10", you know what I mean? He's just huge. That was probably one of my favorite memories, I'll be honest. That's awesome. Can you can you talk a little bit about being a ball boy and just being so close to the program as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think I did it in like sixth grade, um, sixth and seventh grade. It's fun. Uh, you have to get to the you have to get to the dome a couple hours early, um, and then you just it's a little different now, obviously. Um, but back then, like there was no halftime shows. There was no halftime shows. So, like, I don't know if you ever heard of the Carrier Classic. Mm-hmm. So, it used to have um, it used to have four teams come in, and they would play for two days in the beginning of the season. So, they didn't have any halftime shows, but we would play two-on-two two at halftime in the middle of these games, and fans would cheer for us. That's sweet. It was awesome. You know, being on – being under the basket and guys dunking like Conrad McRae or John Wallace, those guys shook the rim and you were thought you were going on like a roller coaster ride. When you were a ball boy, who was your favorite player when you were watching? Mike Hopkins. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike was uh, close to the family. Um, I was actually at basketball camp sitting next to him watching the news when they announced that he was going to be the new assistant coach for Syracuse. And he's like, watch this. So I, I spent a lot of time with Mike, especially when he was growing up, known him since he was 18 years old. You couldn't, just one of the best guys in the world. If you had to draw up a Syracuse Hall of Fame, Ooh, I know what, this is going. what players would you, would you throw in there? So am I doing a starting five or am I just – Telling you the my favorite players. You can do a starting five if you'd like to. Maybe an all-time starting five. Maybe a modern starting five from you know 2003 onward. Whatever you want. Okay, so let's do all-time starting five. Okay. Pearl at the point. Dave Bing at the two. Billy Owens at the three. Derek Coleman at the four. Ronnie Cycli at the five. No mellow. My goodness, no mellow, not, but that's that's a good one. Should, I was leaving him for 2003 and on. Go ahead, go ahead, let's hear it. All right. Now, I might need a six and a seventh man. Okay, that's fine. We'll allow it here at the two, three. Cool, I appreciate the flexible. <laughs> uh, mellow, obviously. Johnny Flynn, great player. Hakeem Warwick was phenomenal. Raheem Christmas was pretty good. I have uh, an allegiance to Eric Devendorf. I think he's one of the best players that, that we've that we've had. And if you think about it, Eric, Eric only played three years. Eric plays another year. He's top five scoring all time, no questions asked. So I like them. Chris Joe was really good. 
especially at the end of his career, he really came into his own. Tyler Ennis was a baller. You know, he was good. That's about it. Did I miss anybody? No, that's a good list. That's a good list. That's an impressive list. That's a that's a team that's winning natties all day. Mm-hmm. I think so as well. How do you think modern Syracuse teams like 2003 onward or even like, you know, t- 2010 onward compared to like the vintage teams that you grew up watching? Unfortunately, the 2010s, you know, the Arenze Onowakus, the Andy Routen, Scoops, all them, they're becoming vintage. So they're going to hear this and they're going to realize that they're getting old. <laughs> Still, that was 12 years ago, which is insane. Um, how do they compare? I mean, there used to be bloodbaths. There used to be fist fights, And you don't really see that anymore. Game's cleaned itself up. Yeah, a little bit. I want to take you back to, you know, everybody talks about the, the 2003 team, how special it was and everything like that. What was your take on that team? Was was, you know, as special as you, for you as it is for everybody else? Like, obviously, you've been around the program for a very, very long time. And that's definitely a historic team um, to everybody. Yeah, that's coming up on 20 years. It was, a, it was a great team. And, you know, they came into the tournament as a three seed, which is insane. Um and they really came into their own. If you think about the, the season they had, you know, they lost their first game in New York City at Madison Square Garden versus Memphis, I think it was. But Melo came into his own. And then they, they went undefeated at home. I think they only lost five games that year. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost in the Big East. That's, that's how tough those teams are in the Big East or were in the Big East, where you go through Connecticut, Georgetowns, Villanovas, those, those types of teams. Um, you would almost want to lose in the conference turn. Nobody wants to lose, but as a fan, as someone who's trying to play it smart, like I, you know, I hope my team can have a deep run into the tournament. Hopefully, they can conserve some energy um, in the pre in the in the conference tournament. You know what I mean? So it was almost a blessing in disguise that they lost. I think they lost to Connecticut mm-hmm. in the Big East tournament, but that team was unreal. I mean come in with those freshmen, one lone senior. You know, they barely had any juniors. You know, they barely had juniors. They mm-hmm. had Hakeem, Hakeem, Josh, Craig. Those were their sophomores. And then they had Billy Edelin, obviously Mello, G-Mac. You know, they had a great, great balance. Walk us through the moment when, when the game's over, they're national champions. Like, walk us through. What, what are you doing? You want it running down the street? Or are you, you're ripping your house apart? <laughs> Walk us step by step. What, what did you do? I think I went berserk and I kicked a door off the hinges. <laughs> I was, I was excited, very excited. That's awesome. I uh, I wasn't on Marshall Street. I didn't climb any trees. I didn't climb the poles. Uh, I I was actually in town when they beat Texas, and then I went back to school and had class on Monday. I wanted to drive back to Syracuse Monday after class in order to watch the game in town at the Dome. I don't know if you remember, but it, there was an ice storm. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't remember because you're seven years old. So I've heard about a, it, yeah. There was an ice storm, so I, could, I couldn't make it back. Mm. I wanted to. I just couldn't. Breaks your heart. No, I, I, I totally get that. I think for us personally, I think that uh, like Zach and I had a, an apartment at the time, but when um, John Gillen hit his buzzer beater against Duke, that was kind of our like – 
you lose your mind moment where we were going crazy in the apartment i remember and uh i i want us so badly to kind of have our championship moment and i think hopefully it'll it'll come soon but um yeah i think for for us personally like i don't know about you zach but that was definitely my uh lose your mind moment man i love this team that was a special year too i'm i'm still heartbroken that they didn't make the tourney that year speaking of duke i want to ask you um you know obviously we got to respect coach k and everything uh what is your your take on him and you know uh his his impact on the duke program and everything like that obviously this is the first year that he has not been coaching at least in our lifetime but uh it's been been a while there at duke yeah he's done he's done great things i mean he was almost fired in the beginning of his career um to taking on bobby hurley and christian leitner taking them the final fours winning national championships uh, and obviously winning him later in his career. The year that he won a championship, he beat Butler. That was the year the Syracuse lost to Butler. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought we should have beat them. Uh, obviously, we didn't. Um, that was a great year. He, yeah, he's tremendous. And you think about not just on the college front, but also in like Team USA as well. He's done a phenomenal job winning gold medals, the Redeem team, bringing those guys back together to bring the gold medal you know what i mean what's your rival list looking like obviously being a vintage guy georgetown is probably your number one was duke on that where it was you know some of the acc guys virginia Mm -hmm. what's your uh what's your list looking like no georgetown obviously from the big east days and i was duke and unc in my opinion we're probably we're not their rivals you know that right Mm -hmm. they can be our rivals they can be our rivals but we're not their rivals. They're they're each other's rivals. And plus, they've been in the ACC where they still got North Carolina State, Wake Forest, Virginia, Florida State. You know, they got all those teams that have been rocking with the ACC for a while. So, you know, yeah, I think the rivalry started for Syracuse back in 2013 or 14, whenever they first visited the Dome and the place was mobbed. That That started the rivalry for me. But rivalries, remember – like the rivalry with Georgetown was because we used to play each other three times a year, mm-hmm. like twice, twice in the regular season. And then, you know, there'd be a dog fight in the big East tournament. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you only get Georgetown once a year now. And it's, it's a shame because big East basketball, everybody talks about it. It was absolutely insane. And if you made it out of the, if you made it out of the, the big East with the title, there were, there was a good chance that you were going to be going far in the in the NCAA tournament at least. Yep. There's nothing like the Big East. There, there really wasn't. I want to give you an opportunity for a little teaching lesson for uh, anyone listening right now. What is something modern fans should remember about Keith's history? Maybe something that people often forget or just what's something people should absolutely remember? Great question. I think the people who laid the brickwork and the foundation for the for the program, you know, Dave Bing, Jim Beheim, you know, the, the those type of players. Pearl, you know, Ronnie, Derek, Billy Owens. Then into the, you know, so just remember the people that came. Remember the coaches, all those coaches that sat on that bench, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, you know, Rick Pitino, he was on the bench. Bernie Fine, huge, you know, to the program, did did wonders for the program. Great, great person, great 
relations guy, great recruiter, so great developer, right? Mike Hopkins, you know, Timmy O'Toole, Lewis Orr, you know, all those coaches who helped Jim Beheim build it. You know, those are what we got to remember. Who, who, you know, it, Jim, Jim's, Jim's up here. You know what I mean? Jim's up here. We all know that. But don't forget the people who helped him along the way either. I do want to ask you about Jim um, because I know he doesn't like to talk about it, but it has been talked about in, uh, you know, within the, the, the fandom about him retiring soon within the next couple of years. I just want to ask you, this might be a silly question, but just what has Jim meant to you and your fandom and, and how, you know, you've seen Syracuse basketball over the years? Well, look what he created. I mean, he's got Jim Beheim's court for a reason. Um, I've had, I haven't had many interactions with him uh, just because he's a very quiet individual, which is okay. Um, but both of my kids took pictures with him. He gave me a, you know, we took a picture at a, a golf outing last year. He just, you know, he's a decent guy, very decent guy. Um, I think what he does for the community is way more impactful than any basketball that he's done. And if you if you think that he's done impactful things on the basketball court, just know that he's done really impactful things off the court, which is great, especially for the community. I want to ask your opinion on um, who you could see sort of possibly taking his place. I know that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on this, but who do you personally think that would be a good fit for the Syracuse program? Um, I think it's going to be Autry. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Autry. Um Here's my take on the whole, and, and keep in mind, my opinion means Ugats, right? It doesn't mean anything. I think he's done this year. Mm-hmm. I, think th- I think this is Jim's last year. Why I say that is because they were pushing him to answer questions about when is he going to retire, when is he going to retire, blah, 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 blah. Well, in the, in the ACC media day, he told his players that he was going to coach them this year the new guys and nobody picked up on that. Maybe I picked up on it and that's what I think I heard. Right. That's what I think I heard. So at the end of the day, I, I, I really think he's done this year. That's the plan. Now, how many times have plans changed? <laughs> that's true. That's true. I guess, I guess we'll see. It will be definitely a sad day when he does take a step down, but yeah, I mean, everybody needs to really embrace what they're watching now you know, guy's 77 years old and still coaching at a high level. You know what I mean? So kudos to that. But, I mean, I don't want to be working when I'm that old. But, hey, man, if you're passionate about what you're doing still, get after it. You know what I mean? What What do you think Syracuse means to, like, the city and how, like, you know, the coaches and the players just have a big impact on the community and bringing everyone together? I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but you just touch on it one more time. Yeah, so I think it allows our community and the surrounding areas the ability to have something that's theirs, right? They have a team that's their team, that's our team. You know what I mean? We don't have the hockey teams and the basketball teams and the and the major league sports teams around here. We have Syracuse basketball. And look at the staple that we have in our city that you know, if you're looking at a map, you know where Syracuse basketball plays because there's this big, huge dome right on the side of the city, right? So that's ours. That's that's ours. Now, when I was a kid, 
I didn't do very well in school. I did enough to get by, and I didn't do very well in school because I'm a dummy and I, I just hated school. You want to know what I studied every year? I studied the media guides. Hmm. So I'd I'd get a media guide every year, and it would be in my backpack the whole year. So when I get bored of school, I pull out the media guide and I just go through all the stats, all the current players, where they from, you know, height and weight, what's their parents' names, just being just real silly stuff, just just getting into real silly stuff, like stuff that means nothing anymore. Like I should have been learning, but I was learning history, and that's kind of what started me with loving what I was doing, which is crazy to think about. I love it. Who's like who do you think's the most underrated? Or even a follow-up to that is, who, who's the best walk-on of all time, do you think? Ooh, two good questions. Let's split them up. Let's split up the questions. There are some good walk-ons. There are some really good walk-ons. The best walk-on, my opinion, Donovan McNabb. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a quick story about, I was in the locker room when he was playing. You know, this is back in 95, 96. They had, I think, that season because he was on the team that went to the Final Four in '96, and he was sitting on the couch in the in the locker room. He didn't play that game, and he and Jim Beheim walked by him and he goes, "Coach, I can't play next game." And he's like, "Why not? Why not?" You know, and he goes, "I hurt my finger." You know, just being he was just a he was just he was that guy. You know, he made everybody laugh. You know, because basketball. You know, he wasn't there to play basketball. He was there to play football, you know. But basketball he ended up being decent where, he, you know, there was a couple of games where he got in and actually played like he was, you know, a scholarship player. You know, he got he got buckets. You know, there was a big game he had against Georgetown. So I, I would say him for best walk-on. I like it. I like it. Can you just talk about – you know, you mentioned before we started recording Eric Demendorf and some other guys, just your connection to some of these guys and just like touch on the relationship you have with like Eric and some of these guys. Yeah. So Eric and I, I've known Eric since he was in school, just, uh, you know, being around the program, um, just been buddies with him, you know, followed his career while he was overseas. Um, now he's in town and, you know, he does his trainings and, you know, he actually trains one of my kids in basketball when, you know, he feels like he wants to play. Um, but yeah, he, the biggest thing that Eric is, is, is he's, uh, you know, he, he's a great person, especially within the community. And he's always trying to build other people up. And I've taken a really liking to that where I want to help him do everything he's doing. I don't care what, if it's a shoe drive, if it's, you know, if it's for Thanksgiving goods, clothing drive, whatever, we want to help do that. So he, he's a great dude. Real great dude. Speaking of Eric, obviously last year, Bayheim's Army winning the the championship in the basketball tournament. Um, what was your reaction to that when uh when who was it? Was it was it Tyrese Rice? Is that who hit the the final shot? Oh, you're talking about the year before when they won it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really happy for them. I was really happy for them. I was glad that they finally did it after seven years and they, they finally put together a team that could knock some other teams out and secure the bag. Secure the bag is right. That was a that's a big bag for for winning that tournament. A couple years ago, they they put it to two million, and then they put mm-hmm. it back down to a million. So I think each player took like home like eighty grand. So imagine if they took home one hundred and fifty grand. You know oh. what I mean? Oh, I can only imagine. That'd be beautiful. I wish I could play. Uh, I wish I could play basketball, but all five seven of me disagrees with that. 
Yeah, I only got you by a couple inches, but we'll stay on the we'll stay in the stands. I want to ask you about the current team because it's very young. It's a very young group of guys. Um, what are your thoughts on them? Like, who do you think is going to be the, I guess, the most valuable freshman uh, on this group? Probably Judah. Judah. Mm-hmm. Judah's got skills. He's you know he's got a, he's got a lot of growing up on the court to do. Um, I think he needs to be more of a distributor. But also, he needs to get to the bucket. You know what I mean? He's he's really good player, and if they can, you know, if they can utilize him the right way, I think he he'll he'll be the MVP freshman on that squad. You think they're making it back to the tourney this year? Uh, I do, I do. Um, you know, we just gonna have to see how it plays out, right? We, we don't know how they're. This is like the biggest. Like we're not ranked at all. I think we're, you know, if you guys know, tell me. I think we're forty-five. You know, ranked forty-five. It's around there, yeah. I yeah. think so. So nobody has us doing big things. I think, you know, even Mike Waters in Syracuse had us eighth in the conference, which means he thinks we're good. We're just not that good. Now, what does eighth mean? Sometimes in the ACC, eighth means hey, you're the eight top eight teams are going to get into the tourney. Sometimes only the top six. So who knows what's going to happen? I, I'm I'm just excited to to just see what they're all about and get into the season. Now, something strange that we had seen uh, during the Lehigh game was a lot of man-to-man. For you, was that kind of strange, seeing a lot of man-to-man? Yeah. It is. It really is. Do you like it? Ain't my choice. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not what Syracuse basketball is built on, right? we're, we're, We're built on length and, you know, our two, three zone. It's whatever they want to do, man. You know, if he's going to try other things, go for it. You know, he he knows better than we do. All three of us put together don't know what he knows. So, you know, it is what it is. He he probably just sees the the ability to use man-to-man because he's got different type of players. So, who knows? Yeah, I want to ask you about the zone. I mean, you've seen so many variations of the zone growing up, watching the team for your whole time. Just when 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 was the zone at, at its best, you think? Ooh, good question. Let's go back to – I'm going to go back to 2012, the last time the zone was really, really, really good. Now, if you're talking about Fab Mello, like before he got suspended, you're talking Chris Joe, you're talking Scoop, you know, talking Dion, mm-hmm. talking Trish. They had some good players. Sutherland. That was a fun team. That was a really fun team. We should have won the championship. Yeah, we should have won the championship. It wasn't wasn't for uh, the, the the stuff that happened with Fab, and he was allowed to play. I think things would have been a lot different. I'm hoping that this current team isn't not necessarily able to replicate that. But I don't know about you, but just something seems definitely different about this group. I don't know if it's because they're so young or, or what it is, but just they seem much more different than that. Yeah, there's nobody on the team. Player-wise, this last name is Bayheim, <laughs> and That's I true. like Buddy, man. I, Buddy, Buddy really did well, and just watch him grow from, you know, a kid at JD. I, 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 I worked camp when I, I worked the basketball camps during the summer when I was, you know, fresh out of college, and I remember him and Jimmy at camp, you know, eight, ten years old, you know, refing their games, you know, watching them go to JD. He went to Brewster came back and play, just watching these kids grow up is absolutely insane. Buddy, 
Buddy's one of the best shooters that I think Syracuse has ever seen. What's your message to any young Syracuse basketball fan that's starting to kind of get into it, that's starting to get into the program and other thing? What is your message to them? Learn the history. Mm-hmm. Learn who came before who's here now. Learn why they got to this point. You know, learn about the players. You know, learn about where they came from, where they played, who they played with. You know, what what camps did they go to? You know, that, that's all fun stuff to me. It's all nerdy shit, but I, I like it. So mm-hmm. learn the history. That's the biggest thing. So you can, a true fan would know the history, in my opinion. Vintage underscore Syracuse underscore basketball. Go follow him. He's got very, very cool stuff. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. It really, really means a lot to us. Well, we appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, you have a great day. Enjoy your weekend and uh, go Cuse. Yes, sir. Appreciate you.